Hello, welcome to Conversations with Myself, a collaboration between father and son, or alternatively, a set of twins born 22 years apart. Who knows? We'll be sharing experiences and stories and opinions and thoughts and judgments and ideas and just generally exploring an unusual life and relationship. The first reading of this episode is an excerpt from a poem by Clarissa Estes, and you'll find out why it's important right after I read it. My friends, do not lose heart. We were made for these times. I have heard from so many recently who are deeply and properly bewildered. They are concerned about the state of affairs in our world now. Ours is a time of almost daily astonishment and often righteous rage over the latest degradations of what matters most to civilized visionary people. I grew up on the Great Lakes and recognize a seaworthy vessel when I see one. Regarding awakened souls, there have never been more able vessels in the waters than there are right now across the world, and they are fully provisioned and able to signal one another as never before in the history of humankind. Struggling souls catch light from other souls who are fully lit and willing to show it. If you would help to calm the tumult, this is one of the strongest things you can do. There will always be times when you feel discouraged. I too have felt despair many times in my life, but I do not keep a chair for it. I will not entertain it. It is not allowed to eat from my plate. The reason is this. In my uttermost bones, I know something, as do you. It is that there can be no despair when you remember why you came to earth, who you serve, and who sent you here. The good words we say and the good deeds we do are not ours. They are the world's and the deeds of the one who brought us. In that spirit, I hope you will write this on your wall. When a great ship is in harbor and moored, it is safe. There can be no doubt. But that is not what great ships are built for. So reading that... Yeah, that's a really powerful sentiment. Yeah, and it made me realize that I've been doing this uh, exactly what she she advocates again like against being in port. Right. Yeah, I have been doing that for most of my life. I have been uh, I have been struggling in my own ways to wake up for myself, but I have not been in a position for various reasons, I guess, along that path uh, to really advocate and embrace the idea of sharing that process. So that's what I think is actually possible now and so interesting and compelling about this kind of having these kinds of conversations and actually making them public letting other people in to them so that they can be something more than just personal growth so that they have the opportunity to actually share yeah i think one of the things that i take from all this is um, the notion that we you we are in a place to summon people to action it doesn't matter what their position is so much as that they take action. Not that they just speak. Noise, crowd noise, is in itself increasingly a problem. The thing we're exercising right now can also be characterized as problematic because it adds to the signal-to-noise ratio. And at the same time, as with all things that originate with humans, there is the classic bifold question. One is, yes, it's noise. The other one is, is it useful noise? And if we're saying that we use this ability to broadcast our entity to others to stand up, to come forward, to take a position, if it's a summons, then it's a civic good. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's not 
merely an addition to the cacophony of the public space. That's actually something that encourages and invites people to speak up, take part. That one of the great fallacious notions about this whole interweb emergence is that it democratizes communication. Well, that's a horseshit notion for a variety of reasons we can talk about later. What it does allow, however, is for the summons to be heard much more greatly than Paul Revere or the clarion call of a trumpeter or a public loudspeaker announcing an emergency could have in the past gotten attention with. Now you have this means, which means we can encourage other people by simply having this conversation to have their own conversation and to become engaged. And that underneath everything else, when we don't see 50% of the people voting, seems to be the large part, at least in the American experiment, of the problem, which is people are not engaged. Yeah, people are not engaged, and I think they don't feel legitimate. I don't think they feel legitimated. I don't think they feel like they're, they have any power or any capacity or like any legitimate role to participate. And that's an interesting thing that I've struggled with as well, and I suspect you've struggled with too, which is just like, Okay, I have the I have something inside me that I feel like wants to be expressed. Well, I'm gonna hem and haw about it, and I'm gonna like maybe uh, at the end of the day, I'm probably gonna keep it to myself because really, who am I anyway? Like, where do I really, you know, like what what right do I have to get out there and actually express myself? And there's there's a lot of interesting uh, emotional issues that lead to this place of sort of self negation, and I think I've you know speaking for myself, I've done that most of my life in one way or another i've taken whatever efforts i have made in that regard i kind of like crippled them before the fact so that they couldn't really work in the end and then i looked at them you know after they were done failing i looked at them and went well of course you know naturally right, because you were already operating out of some diminished expectation oh, from yeah. the beginning yeah, yeah absolutely i'm nobody i'm nothing i'm powerless what's the point yeah so i think this is a pretty shit place to start trying to get something done yeah, but I suspect it's not very unusual. You know what I mean? Oh, I think it's I think it's ordinary. I think we expect in some weird way that all we that the people we're going to hear from are the weird fringy narcissistic assholes who do feel like they have a legitimate role and a legitimate right to speak. And the rest of us like goodwilled people are going to kind of sit here silently and go like, "Oh, what a prick." But we're not going to do anything about it. We're certainly not going to express our own truths. So and share them more broadly, so that something you know can actually yeah, happen easier. based on that. <laughs> so it's easier to kvetch about some other, you know, putative motherfucker blathering away when you basically wish you had something to say, wish you had someone to listen to what you had to say, and want to hear from other people. And what you do is think about that, but as with much of the rest of your life, you don't do anything about it. Yeah, and then you can comfortably stay in that uh, in that place of resentment. Because, you know, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Tasty. It's Ooh, so bit. You don't need coffee when you've got resentment. Mm, give me a cup of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so homey, though. Feels that's sweet. like the bad third marriage. Oh, I just <laughs> take that bitterness and just suck on it like a day-long lollipop. <laughs> Except for it's a lifelong lollipop. Oh, man. That's, that's hard to store. <laughs> So in a way, this whole thing for me is a read, reading that, starting these conversations with you. What I wanted—that's that, what I, that, these are the hurdles that I want to uh, 
hopefully facilitate both of us overcoming for ourselves to broaden out these discussions. Because realistically, like we are two people who have a very unusual relationship. We have a unique perspective on things and we have a lot of things to share with people. And you found ways to do that in your own life that are that are private, that are, that have, you know, with respect to your recovery, for instance, like, I feel like that's, there are ways you've been of service to that community that are, oh, yeah. but they are, uh, okay. those they're are, very, they're discreet. De minimis. Well, yeah. they're discreet, they're discreet. They're by, by discreet, by definition and by, and, and intentionally they're, they're discreet, but I feel like there's a, a lot of stuff that we, you and I have shared over the years that has been a, of use to me and could be of use to a broader community of people. So why not talk about it more publicly? So that's the intent yeah, behind these things is just to like have bigger conversations about, yeah, pick a topic, pick a reading, pick a something. And we begin from there and we see what happens after that. And we have some fun doing it. Okay. So last thing I, I had, there's, I, I was finding an interesting, uh, I was finding an interesting dichotomy in quiet, two different kinds of quiet. There's the, there's, and so this actually, it just tricked, chipped my mind into remembering this Neruda poem who is uh, for people listening, a poet that we're both very fond of. And he has the, this poem called keeping quiet and the quiet he's talking about in this poem is an, in, is an internal productive learning kind of quiet. But I think it's an, there's an interesting double meaning to that, right? Because a lot of what we're talking about is people being taught that they need to keep quiet in the sense of shutting up and doing what they're told. And, I think what he's talking about in this poem is a completely different kind of quiet that I think is actually something I would really advocate for. So I'm going to just read it and then we can uh, sign off after that. Okay. Now we will count to 12 and we will all keep still. For once on the face of the earth, let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for one second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines, we would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales, and the man gathering salt would not look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fire, victories with no survivors, would put on clean clothes and walk about with their brothers in the shade, doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it is about. I want no truck with death. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us, as when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. Now I'll count up to twelve, and you keep quiet, and I will go. <laughs> <laughs> You keep quiet, and I will go. <laughs> There's something beautiful in there, though, about just uh, exactly what you were saying. Like, nah, you know, don't. There, there's an alternate pathway here. None of this, yeah. none of this stuff is set in stone. It's actually all just human narratives, human uh, storytelling. We are making the entire experience up. Yeah, we make up everything. I mean, you do not have to be a Zen Buddhist to understand that what you're reacting to is what you believe it is. If another person is attacking to you, it is your choice to defend yourself, to murder them, to be murdered, to, it is actually a choice. You do not have to pretend that the world mandates a reaction. That's yours. You own it. 
all of it. So you're really literally making it up. And oftentimes you're making up whether you live or die. Mostly you're making up whether you believe something or are willing to be deceived by what you believe. You know, these are very powerful things, which is wonderful because it says to all the quiet people, to all the people who feel marginalized and left out and powerless, look, you've been making your life up since you started walking and toddling from point A to point B and looking at things with curiosity and grabbing things and biting things when you were little, you've been making up what your experience of the world is. So you have full authority over it. You are not powerless. Let's reinstall that little childlike sense of wonder, which says, hey, what's this? Not, oh, too bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I think that's a good place to leave it for today. So we hope you enjoyed that little conversation with ourselves, with myself. It's confusing. Check back with us. We're going to be producing more of these and uh, broadening the scope of what we talk about and telling some stories that are pretty hilarious and personal. And we hope you'll join us for all of that and whatever comes next. See you next time.